Let us join together in prayer. Living and loving God, you gather us together and your words show us the way to life. As we reflect on your teachings to us, help us to learn more about who you are. And may these words of mine be caught up by your Holy Spirit and transformed into something that is nourishing for your people. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. About three years ago, uh, my family and I moved into our new home. And it was a Saturday morning, and I turned on the tap uh, in the bathroom and washed my hands. And when I went to turn off the tap, it wouldn't turn off. The tap just kept running and running and running. And I thought, oh, great, home ownership. What a joy. And I had a fidget, and I tried to fix this running tap, and I couldn't make it stop. And I began to think about calling a plumber, and then I thought about Saturday call-out fees for a plumber, and I thought, oh, oh, we've just spent a lot of money on a house. I don't want to spend some money on a plumber as well. So I got my phone out and I googled how to fix a tap. And it took me to the MITRE 10 website, which showed me a three-minute how-to video on how to well, first turn the water off of the street and then remove the tap and replace it with a new one. And I watched the video and I thought, hey, I reckon I can do that. I reckon I can learn to do that. So off to MITRE 10, I bought the tap, I got back home, I installed it. Uh, now, if you know me well, I'm not a plumber. I'm not really a hands-on practical sort of guy like that. So this was a big piece of learning for me, a big piece of learning, a new skill that I gained that helped me and the family in life. And life well lived involves this sort of learning all the time. It involves remaining open to the possibility that there's new things to discover, that there's new things that we might be able to do and new insights to gain along the way. It involves us being open to experimenting with new techniques or new, approach, or new approaches to life and new uh, and ongoing refinement of our lives. I wonder, I wonder what's something that you have learned over the past year or the past month or the past week. In what ways has your life been enriched by the new things that you have learned? And how has your faith been deepened over the last year by the things you've learned? Because our Christian lives are also about ongoing learning. We never quite arrive. There's always fresh insights to be gained. Sometimes, if we've been a Christian for a long time, we can fall into the trap of thinking that because we've been to church a lot, because we've read the Bible a lot, because we've learned a lot, we've basically got it in hand. Sometimes we think about the Christian faith in these quite simple terms, going to church, praying, being on a committee or two, donating some money during the offering, and generally being a good citizen or a good person. But if the Christian faith was this simple, 
If it was something that we could codify down to such simple things and that we could simplify and master like we master the skill of installing a tap or writing, then we wouldn't need to keep reading our Bibles. We wouldn't need to keep praying. We wouldn't need or be called to keep growing. We're encouraged to keep reading and being open to God's word because we trust that God speaks to us. Although the words on the pages of our Bibles stay the same, the places we are changes, and so we can hear the words afresh. And we can profit from reading the scripture. And to do this, to keep learning from it, we need to take that open-minded attitude, that being willing to challenge and question the way things have always been thought of and the way things are done. In short, to profit from reading scripture, we need to take an attitude that is willing to learn as we read the words. And this is how we grow. This is how we come to know more of who God is and how we come to know more of who we are called to be in the world and how we become more faithful witnesses to God. John Calvin opened his teachings by stating that true wisdom is found in the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. True wisdom is found in the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. Given that God is incomprehensible, given that God is beyond anything we can fully understand, the process of gathering and gaining knowledge about God is a lifelong process. It's a never-ending journey of discovery and growth. And we see this played out in the scriptures, in the story of the people of Israel. As Israel's journey unfolded, they learned more about who God was. The people were quick to learn about the power of God, quick to learn about God's majestic sovereignty and holiness. <clears throat> but the compassion and the kindness of God was something they came to understand as they journeyed further. It was only after, for example, only after God liberated the people from slavery in Egypt that they began to understand that God was a liberator, that God was one who breaks chains and sets people free. As they experienced God acting in this way, it became a part of how they understood God. They discovered a fresh insight into who God was, and then that helped them know how to live in the world. Throughout Israel's journey, God revealed more and more of who he was, and this helped the people understand who they were called to be. Today's reading helps in this process. It's one of four servant songs. They're in Isaiah 42, Isaiah 49, Isaiah 50 and 52 and 53. Christians have understood these poems, this, these servant songs, as referring to Jesus Christ. So it teaches us about who Christ is, which teaches us about who God is and who we're called to be. We see uh, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus withdrawing from the crowds who were beginning to plot against him. And Matthew quotes today's reading to describe the work that Jesus was doing and to describe who Jesus was. 
So when we reflect on this, it gives us an opportunity, like watching a Might Attend tutorial video, to learn more about who Jesus is. The reading describes a servant that God chooses to fulfill his purposes in the world. We're told that God puts the spirit upon this servant and that this servant will bring justice to the nations. This isn't done with violence, but with gentleness and compassion. The bruised reed won't be broken or the dimly burning wick will not be quenched. This reading tells us about what Jesus comes to bring, about why Jesus was sent. Jesus comes to faithfully bring forth justice, to bring light to the nations, to open the eyes of the blind and set the prisoners free and bring everyone into the knowledge and right relationship with God. Now we might be familiar with Isaiah 42, we often read it in the lead up to Easter or on Good Friday. But imagine what it would have been like to the people who heard it for the first time. To a people who were in exile. To a people who felt like God had abandoned them. Or to a people who felt like God was punishing them. For these people, this was a message of hope. Perhaps they felt like they were bruised reeds. Or perhaps they felt like their fire was little more than a smouldering wick that was threatening to go out. This reading tells them that God has not forgotten them. It tells them that God has not abandoned them. It tells them that God is still active and God is still working and God still has good purposes that he's going to unfold. And it tells them of the, the work that God is doing. But it also tells them that the servant wasn't sent only for them, but for the whole world. It would not only be the Jews who were saved, but Gentiles like us too would receive the light and the freedom that the servant brings. It means it's not only a message for those people who were in exile, it's also a message for us. How often? How often do we find ourselves feeling like we're a bruised reed, vulnerable and hurting? How often do we feel like a spluttering candle at risk of being snuffed out? How often does the church find itself thinking like this? And how often, just like the ancient people of Israel, how often does the church forget that the work of Jesus isn't just for us, that it isn't just our preferences, our desire, our history, or our feelings that God comes to minister to, but that God comes to bring good news to the whole world. God was not finished with the people when they were carried off into exile. And God is not finished with us. Jesus didn't walk past a blind man on the side of the road who was calling out for help. Jesus didn't leave him in his, in his misery, but he paused and gave him his sight back. 
Jesus didn't look upon the inadequate and bruised faith of his disciples in a boat during a storm and think, oh, well, let them drown. He rescued them and took them over the other side of the lake so they could continue in their ministry. Jesus didn't cut off Peter when his faith was spluttering and Peter denied him three times. Instead, he rekindled the flame of Peter's faith and used him as a witness to the world. God was not finished with the people when they were in exile. Jesus wasn't finished with the people when their faith was weak. And God is not finished with us. Knowing who the servant is, knowing who God is, helps us to know who we are. We are followers of the servant, followers of Jesus Christ. We're ones who are baptised into the name of Jesus, baptised into his ministry, called to be a part of his work in the world. We become, we are the very body of this servant who suffers and dies so that the world might know justice and might have light learning about who Jesus is and about what Jesus does helps us to know more about who we are. We are called to follow. But we are people like Peter who struggle. People like Moses who at times lose patience. People like James and John who argue and squabble. We are people who sometimes lose heart who sometimes feel bruised and broken. But if we know this about ourselves and know who we are, it helps us listen better to God because we can be honest about who we are. We can be aware of what our biases are. We can understand why we respond to certain things in certain ways. Knowing who we are helps us to be properly open so we can learn more about who God is and so follow. Jesus comes to us and shows us God's love and teaches us to be a part of the kingdom that is coming. Just as Jesus shows compassion and kindness and strives for justice, so we, his people, should seek compassion and show kindness and strive for justice. Just as Jesus announces the good news of the kingdom, so should we, God's people, announce the good news of the kingdom. Following Jesus, being an agent of liberation and transformation, begins by being open. Being open and honest with yourself, being open and honest with those around you and being open to God. So may you be open and willing and ready to learn. May you grow in your faith as you worship and read scripture and as you serve God and step forward in faith, doing the will of Jesus. Let us pray. O Lord our God, may we follow your light into all the darkness of the world. 
overthrowing the old and tired ways and fight for justice and forge paths to peace and love those who it's hard to love. May we do this knowing you and knowing that you go before us and call us to follow. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen.